0: We're gonna win! We have a winner! The fat kid! And his creepy Russian uncle or whatever! I... I can't believe it! We lost! After all the money I spent! No, Smith. From the third or perhaps fourth harvest of revenge plants, I will make a vegetable stew and season it perfectly with revenge! U-S-A, USA! 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 One and all, welcome to a timeless edition of Nick's Nonfiction. I'm your host, comic Nick Munez. Today on the show, we're debunking more than just a book, and ideology. We have Karl Marx's Communist Manifesto, 40 page short read, entire thing is written in lowercase. He hates capitalization that much. The reason we're still entertaining these ideas are beyond me. If you read this thing and it makes you a communist, then Soviet. Within the first chapter, he's contradicting himself. There is no logical end goal defined within communism. You could ask the 2 million Ukrainians Stalin starved, a Cuban American immigrant, and how they are in America to spread the good word of communism. Maybe 3 million U gears imprisoned over in China right now. Jokes aside, I took a political compass test before the show to see where I stand, and I got full marks. (laughs) I'm a live right, baby, all day. Keep your money, free markets hunter s thompson is quoted saying freedom is something that dies unless it is used i don't know why i'm counting on other americans to exercise we don't even exercise our own rights left versus right Karl Marx figured this one out. It's up versus down. He got another couple things, right? He started a drinking club. He was down for gun ownership. That's right, every kid with a hammer and sickle tattoo. Your boy up there is supporting my Second Amendment rights. Next week, we are balancing the scale as I'm obviously reaching across the aisle here. I could feel the hate mail coming in already. Next week, (laughs) we got a book by 45 The Art of the Deal. That one's going to be an ode to capitalism. We've already done Murray Rothbard's Anatomy of the State. We have Ludwig von Mises' Human Action to Come. That one takes a hairy pile of crap all over the manifesto. (laughs) No lie, the way I got this book, I had this hippie roommate. Socialism, we shared toilet paper, so I yoinked his copy of the manifesto. (laughs) No property when it comes to communism. Santa Claus, Karl Marx, got a ton in common. Luscious beards, unionized elves working for them, and the inability to believe in these things after 12 years old. Before we go to the About the Author, I'm throwing it over to a word from our sponsors. Welcome back. About the Author. Brief one. Karl Marx. His middle name is Heinrich, a real German, born in May of 1818, lived until 1883. German philosopher, economist, historian, sociologist, political theorist, journalist, and socialist revolutionary. It's pretty obvious why he liked geometry so much. Because of all the Engels, the co-author for the book, Friedrich Engels, He married Jenny von Westphalen in 1843. He was beyond into his 30s. That's old age in the 1800s to be getting married. Marx just wasn't good with the ladies. He was never subtle. He was always trying to seize their means of production on the first date. (laughs) Due to his political publications, he was kicked out of Germany, lived in stateless exile for a long time. His wife and children he just wrote letters home to. When he was on the road, 1848, that's when he met Engel, and they cooked up this abomination. Then next came the three-volume Das Kapital. (laughs) I might have to go in on those one at a time, but if you read one of the whole chapters, it's called Socialist Literature. It's just that Russian Revolution propaganda. You read too much of it, they start breaking your truth, and we're going to go deep into 1984. Karl Marx, he had five kids. Three of them were girls, and get this, they were all named Jenny. (laughs) I hooked up with one of the Marx girls last night. What was it, Jenny 1, Jenny 2, Jenny 3? Who is the, why is he doing this? (laughs) He founded the Treyir Tavern Drinking Club. It was 30 international men in Luxembourg, and this is where they tossed together their ideas. It's an eventful time on the globe, 1800s, you got... I hate to do it to you. The Illuminati cooking up in the backwoods of Bavaria. You have the French Revolution going on. And I'm saying all these guys are starting their own drinking clubs because 20 or so Freemasons just overthrew the British Empire in America. It's a good time for political action. Karl Marx, seriously, one of the most famous men to ever live for no good reason. Died of bronchitis. Ain't nobody got time for that. (laughs) The first chapter is a hydrogen bomb. It's gonna be the longest, so hang in there, there's gonna be tangents, it's a fun time. Strap in socialists. <laughs> chapter one Bourgeoisie and Proletarians At this time in history, a shadow EU was forming. In the words of Karl Marx, the alliance protected the specter of the Pope and the Tsar. He said the French radicals and the German police spies were aiding this hegemony the religion was always working with the state that's why people came to america to separate state and religion Karl marx was picking up on this he says to combat this communists from germany italy and england should meet in london to discuss further plans to unite the workforce it's all sounding pretty good in these london meetings marx was trying to say the first plan of action is to end the existing state obviously why his voice was being suppressed he was kicked out of the country we read Thomas Hobbes Leviathan a much more accurate take on human action Karl Marx thinks we're all just gonna love each other Hobbes was also exiled to the Isle of Jersey because he was dropping too much truth leads him to his first assertion here which is semi-right the history of hitherto existing society is class struggles. He says individuals create and cultures clot, which is contradictory because his whole thing is to dismantle the individual, make it the we. Individuals create. So let's get rid of that and cultures clot, <laughs> propaganda culture. He's getting right that everything that we do is a hierarchy and there's no way around it there's going to be class struggles maybe you can make the argument when we were foragers before we started the farming that's when there was no class you knew 200 people everybody was equal once we got into farmland mesopotamia that's when you start seeing kings rise up so he's just taking it it from society forward not humanity But that's going to throw off all of his praxeological assumptions. Like I'm saying, Thomas Hobbes went from the book of speech all the way up to government. Marx doesn't understand human action. It's true, though, this class struggle exists. And that's not because of capitalism. It exists in communism, the bourgeoisie and the proletarian. People are commenting on my videos. Yes, we need to stop capitalism. You got to really read these things and listen with a close ear. Otherwise, Marx will play you like a violin. He says oppressors and oppressed have constantly stood at end with one another. And Hobbes is saying it's just a free for all out there. Before the real feudal systems in Europe, men mostly tilled their own land. I don't know who was taking a cut at that point. You feel like there might have been a time in society, which Marx does acknowledge later, That there is just a free place, a place beyond the pines. (laughs) Not going to lie, he's dead right with this next thesis saying the ruling class endlessly employs class antagonism. So now we're up to the kings. Even that guy knew to say the guy over in the next kingdom, he wants to steal, destroy our religion. So we have to go fight them. So give us your food so we can build an army. Class antagonism has been around since the beginning of rulerships. Marx says it is the only true non-violent action that a ruler has. It's not like you could lock people in their house. Oh, uh, wait, you can do that now. For the longest time, you could, like, smear people. You could say, oh, he confessed to the priest that he had sex with an incubus. This guy gets tarred and feathered. That's good old class antagonism, but that's still pretty violent. Doing divide and conquer is the only nonviolent action you can take. Does this sound (laughs) stop Asian hate? I'm about to double down on Asian hate. (laughs) Who hates Asians? You see, though, like Seth Rogen, a aristocrat entertainer, is punching down so woke on comedians over vaccination passports. (laughs) There is a class divide. They play on this entertainment examples you got bow and yang on snl delivering the Panda express i mean come on that shit was cringeworthy made me want to destroy my television it's old at this point that shit is unforgivable class divides will infiltrate every part of culture if you're being an effective ruler Exhibition skirmishes he was talking about existed for the longest time, and he finally introduces the idea of the bourgeoisie and proletarian. He says the divide naturally grows until there are only two classes. And you see this even in first world countries today. America has a dwindling middle class. 60% of the wealth goes to the top 5%, and then the rest of it goes to the top 1%. In the grand scheme of thing, if you scope out enough... A guy making up to eight hundred K doctor salary is in the same socioeconomic class as a hobo. Someone making twenty K, they're both working class. I'm saying millionaires almost bridge the gap, but billionaires are this class that is like, how does this wealth even exist? So yes, this class divide does naturally grow. But who remembers the Panama papers? They don't have to pay taxes. Apple offshored two trillion to Ireland. That's what creates the divide even bigger. This brings up the point that I've said on the show before, but it has to be said again. Controlled chaos, a much better mechanism of rulership than perceived utopia. You don't want to be telling your people, there is no terror, there are no germs. You guys are happy people go out and create stuff. You need to keep them in fear. Controlled chaos. <laughs> America in the early years is when Karl Marx was saying it was the true bourgeoisie country. It was just working class people. Read the real history of 1800s America. Constant revolt. Minutemen everywhere. And he did talk about immigration a little bit, which is big for keeping that worker country going. It's just uh, feeding in to the pyramid at the bottom. This is all proved through 1920s roaring 20s greatest markets ever followed by the 1930s biggest depression Hmm, what happened in that time we implemented the income tax people weren't keeping their money it's up to 30 percent now even more you live in california government's taking 60 percent of your salary (laughs) marx knew that this type of division stunts growth we are definitely in multiple sections of stagnation economically, $3.9 trillion went to billionaires over first year of the pandemic. And, whoa, lower-class Americans lost $3.7 trillion. Huh. The house always wins. We're getting a little heavy here in the middle part of the chapter. Let's reminisce on Animal Farm. George Orwell, another sleeper book of truth out of that guy, he shows how we are born onto a rigged animal farm. But the message is um, ultimately positive. Hang in there. It's all about non-truth. All animals are equal, except some animals are more equal than others. Every race is equal except for white people. You guys are evil. To entertain communism, you need to abide to these non-truths. And he's bringing this idea to the beginning. But remember that movie Chicken Run? It's one of the like seven archetypes we got going on here. The American chicken flies in and tries to save, (laughs) teach everybody how to fly. There was always this land that existed that people looked forward to where freedom was really the experiment that was going on. And it needs to still stand. The Hong Kong protesters were chanting USA. These people look to us and we're throwing it all away. We're walking into (laughs) the dumbest traps ever we need to read real history i've been to europe i was lucky enough to have a friend from ireland you go to these pubs over in the uk it's just people smoking (laughs) you go to america it's dopey people flooding a dance floor hope is worth the dope (laughs) the middle class diminishing you could see suicide is at an all-time high they call it the american dream because you have to be asleep to believe in it things started to change that's a george carlin quote 70s after they killed kennedy it's because he wanted to dismantle the deep state the cia and that in animal farm was the dogs the people who worked with humans old major the pig he was the crazy one they're gonna kill us that's what i feel like right now so what does all this mean in terms of communism marx says a straight-up false claim here The working class cannot exist without revolting. It's a non-truth. It's propaganda to get you riled up. It's another thing in Europe. They value truth a little too much. Americans like to lie to each other. Oh, you look great. (laughs) Bloody hell, mate. Your pantaloons aren't fitting anymore. It's funnier. Not gonna lie. Karl Marx saying the working class cannot exist unless we are revolting. It's just a dogma at this point. <laughs> Obviously, you could, a lot of people, the most gung ho nationalist guys are blue collar workers. They back the blue, baby. <laughs> For real, Marx is way off the ball. He needs to get out of his academic circles. Start hanging with some real broskies. Give him a little redemption here. He says labor leads to resources to protect oneself. So he kind of is getting along Hobbes' line a little bit. He follows it up with a point that is true, but he twists it into a negative. Capitalism has an epidemic of overproduction. So we should be standing in your bread lines. The people in North Korea have fake grocery stores. Epidemic of overproduction. Scarcity. Have you seen Macy's? This is disgusting where he's kind of right Coles Marshalls, if they have a shoe that didn't sell well, they take it into the back and you stab the shoes. You make it unwearable. Supply and demand. (laughs) Obviously, with our epidemic of overproduction, we should be giving all of this stuff to Africa. We could feed Botswana ten times over. Governments are able to rig these markets for the better. Did you hear the IMF was paying countries through the World Bank to lock down? You just just look at the money. And you know what? You shouldn't feel bad stealing from FDIC-insured stores. <laughs> like you go to your supermarket, soup is $2.50, but during the can-can sale, it's only $0.99. Cents. That's the true cost. What are we doing? Economics here. <laughs> Operation Free the Food. It's fake prices for fake food. We're all eating synthetic plastic. <laughs> Mark's massive whiff. Epidemic of overproduction. Better to have it and not need it than need it in a commie breadline. Dumb argument. (laughs) He calls the working class up next. A sorcerer who has lost control of their powers in the netherworld. He's referring to us as Minecraft characters. We gotta go fight the ender dragon with our one moistened Nagat. Soviet Russia. Two men per rifle. (laughs) Working class does all of the production and has nothing to show for it at the end of the day. They are the sorcerer who doesn't know what they're spending their time doing. You kind of get the vibe when you're reading this that it was only supposed to be read by the government. Like, it's not supposed to be. Why would you root for this? The whole point is to destroy the individual. And these girls with green hair are supporting it. They don't know you're going to have to shave your head. (laughs) These people, <laughs> the for protesters do look like sorcerers they're level 10 mages they need to stay on World of Warcraft he says the way we remember ourselves is the division of labor <laughs> no better way to get in touch with your soul, really listen to your heart than standing on the factory line, he says over time the worker loses their sense of individuality and becomes an appendage of the machine socialists you outspoken college people really want this (laughs) you gotta read every sentence of this stupid ass book Marx is always a bit of a degree off he gets this next point right talking about the division of income inequality I kind of just made that point top 1% takes 90% of the wealth there is no real middle class all of us could be millionaires that's what I'm trying to tell you at the end of the day oh we have iPhones so do hobos we could have Drones that fly us to the coast on the weekend, Hyperloop trains. There needs to be this controlled chaos. I'm going to rein it back in a little bit. I'm sorry. It's for the positive, guys. (laughs) There are cars that run on water. Those people get killed by the CIA, like JFK. Money is one of the three main ways to motivate people, along with fear and hunger. So his way to um, motivate the workers is by getting rid of money. <laughs> this is, we'll end the chapter on this because it's kind of clown world. Let's get rid of money. This is like what we're doing with the UBI. Let's devalue everything. I'm telling you, man, there's always going to be a hierarchy. People are going to start trading. There's always a black market. Get deeper into that in later chapters. The division of labor. That's the thing where, like, after government schguelles, They give you one job that you have to do until you're 60, and then they shoot you. You're never allowed to change, and guess what? You're a doctor. You're working 40-hour weeks in the trauma unit. You get paid the same as the necrophiliac in the morgue who's touching the bodies. Complete anti-enlightenment thinking. You got John Locke, labor plus land equals property. Nope. No matter how hard you work, if you found something yourself, it belongs to Mother Russia. First chapter, maybe it was logically consistent, but the assertions are not sound. Mr. Marx. those were some loud assertions. I would toke it up with this guy. <laughs> There's an artificial divide for sure. So the solution is to surrender all of our power to the elites. Trying to remove hierarchies would require redesigning the entire universe. Let's go to chapter two, Proles and communists start this one talking about relevant topic China I've talked to foreign exchange students they have what is called the party George Washington said beware the two-party system China fully embracing the one-party system if you are in a wealthy and connected family you have the opportunity for your kids to join the party of course it's the Chinese communist party then you're distinguished you have a semi-blue check mark it's like they have sesame credits over in china so it's an entire caste system this is what we're inching towards with um show me your papers (laughs) it's funny how people call you a nazi for not wanting there to be gestapo checkpoints and they're the one asking for national socialism this is when it starts getting a little bit creepy He's defining the two classes. And this is what he wants to see the world look like. The working class and then the aristocracy. Firstly, the aristocracy has contact with the outside world. These people negotiate and seek deals on your behalf. Trading, taking care of the small business for you. Secondly, maintaining the interest as a whole. So not neglecting the worker class entirely. But like China... Redlining them into cancer districts where you give them the crappiest food. So Marx is saying the party doesn't work in a representational fashion. And it's not a democracy either. You don't vote in the party. It's part of that division of labor thing. So you might get draft picked to be a landlord. You just got to sit around and then someone gets draft picked to be a coal miner. (laughs) And who do you think? Obviously, gets the landlord position. It's going to be someone who's connected to the state. And this is what I'm saying, how it works in China. These kids that get to travel have the parents in the party. They're not the ones chanting our name in the streets of Hong Kong, hitting back tear gas with tennis rackets. point to make here is that we have a form of this pseudo-socialism. Corporations make tax-free wealth... uh, And due to bailouts, take zero personal risk. Ah, That's me having an aneurysm, people. No taxes, no personal risk. You are in an immune class. You're playing the stock market as if it were just a recreational game of Pac-Man. Elon Musk, let me shoot a car into space with subsidized taxpayer money. (laughs) We do have this caste system in America. I'm saying we're slipping out of the one spot. The 60s is probably when we lost it. We could take it back. And this is a tip. Like you read um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, The Millionaire Next Door. you got to get incorporated. That's how you can, on a ledger, be rich like the 1%. Just make everything an expense. I'm driving with the family down to Key West. (laughs) Put the mileage on the business card. I'm telling you, when Nick's nonfiction gets incorporated... We're doing podcasts from the moon finishes this gaping logical hole of the upper and the lower class speaking for one another, saying the theoretical conclusion of communists. The aristocracy are not based on ideas or principles. The conclusion has not yet been invented. How uh, secure is that for everybody? They don't know what they're inching you towards. You get scared when somebody says, (laughs) let's get rid of these fuckos in office that want the worst for us. The alternative to that is really that much scarier. I am the chicken on the farm. Imagine greener pastures over the fence. It is that much sweeter when you do it for yourself, even if you're living in a yurt. (laughs) At least you're not worried about your mortgage. We'll get into later, deeper, how people love the enslavement. So, there's no actual role to play except for maintaining the class divide. It goes back to that chapter one class antagonism. That is the main function of the party. Watch the news. I can't help myself but to say it Operation Mockingbird. This is what the media is built for. Keep on stoking them fires. <laughs> George Floyd on them speedballs. How is this even a discussion? Mr. Potato Head. Communism doesn't have an end goal. Except for divide, divide, divide. Unite America. I know, communism, unite the workforce. That's just his dogma. He's literally, the entire doctrine is saying, let's not be equal. I brought up that Bowen Yang thing before. He says Asian Americans have had it the worst in the country forever. (laughs) they do better than whites socioeconomically now it would have been pretty damn easy for him to google japanese internment camps in the usa in a time of war if you are the wrong color all of your rights are gone did some george carlin if we're reminiscing before let's bring him back up he did that bit about your rights are more so privileges how come in germany they have 29 rights and our bill of rights has 10 What the hell is this? Their God-given rights? Is he tripping on his arithmetic that day? You have permissions. You don't have rights. If they could throw you into a gulag, you need to look up pictures of these things. It's absolutely terrifying. Happened on American soil out here in the Rockies at that. The state has no role to play except for Class Divide, written by Karl Marx himself. The Chinese are really good at this with their Sesame Credit system, so it looks like we are assimilating more to them than they were to us in the 90s. And that's what this medical passport stuff is looking like. Canadians can't even leave their country now. So as we're saying, only the party is allowed to leave the country. And he said, if you come back, your goods will be torn asunder. This is the definition of a cult. You're not allowed to leave, and if you do, you are excommunicated. No one will ever talk to you again. Come on. This is too easy. You do see these creepy stories, though. People are getting vetted into cults through Facebook Messenger. (laughs) We're going to talk about suggestibility in a little bit. He says it's a misconception the abolition of property will lead to laziness. I'm going to say it again for the people in the back. Misconception the abolition of property will lead to laziness. If we get rid of money... What are we working for? More of these anti-enlightenment ideas. Without capital, there can't possibly be wage labor. Because we would all be slaves, Carl. Carl! Jimmy's mom! (laughs) Had to do it on him. What are we going to do? Fucking stare at each other until we starve to death? (laughs) Communism is a cult of apathy. Capitalism creates inertia. It's not even currency. It's the human spirit, the crave for competition. I want to trade better. I want to play the game better. Think about it. If you get rid of money, there's no capital gains for me to make. Son, I'm going to be getting gains in the gym. The new currency is going to be muscle. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be. In communist America, we're going to have to outlaw gyms. Because they're fat phobic. We're going to be Wally people. And then you could love your servitude. and Just drink milkshakes all day. Maybe that's why we're getting the fake meat now. The aristocracy wants a monopoly on the muscle. Competition cannot be bred out of the human animal. That is just completely ignoring what we are. And to a deeper point we'll build it up later better. What do our leaders do then? What are they made of? The five basic emotions of humans, anger, guilt, shame. (laughs) This is what we rule over each other with. Like the Greeks, we're never going to find a philosopher king. We have to try something new. This is probably when we get one of the scariest quotes. And I don't know if a mother could make it through this book being in there. That's why I'm saying you grow out of communism. (laughs) He says, All family ties among the proletarians are torn asunder and their children transformed Into simple articles of commerce and instruments of labor. Your precious little superstar (laughs) needs to get on the factory line. Like they say in China, if you are the nail that sticks out, you will get hit on the head. Shoot for the moon and fall in a volcano. If you uphold these ideas and start a political movement, BLM, Marxist Foundations, you will get a Nobel Peace Prize he can't make these absurdisms up (laughs) he referred to women here as mere instruments of reproduction (laughs) i'm freaking out here man how does any girl have a Karl marx poster on their wall yeah babe you're just my uh incubator you could see how aldous huxley came up with the ideas for brave new world this is the guy that wrote through the doors of perception what the band is named after he broke through the other side huxley knows all he's going women are production owned by the state we're going to be these test tube babies go watch a uh, children of men real scary one humans get sterilized by a max vaccination and uh humanity has to fight for their life against the aristocrats every movie ever bigger points we're getting to here with huxley He called the current transition that we are going through, even since radio, is the final revolution because now men have direct influence over the mind, body, over vast distances. You used to have to stand on the soapbox and directly contact people. Now a radio can brainwash you. TV, color vision, movies, you see the elite are calling it now the fourth industrial revolution love thy servitude poning us with the phones twitter is just indoctrinating you all day who are i think half of that seriously is bots industrial revolution aldous huxley called it before even seeing phones torture and imprisonment he said will be traded for other restraints Violence will no longer be the main thing of control. As Karl Marx said, it's going to be shame. You'll get canceled. You won't be able to go to government buildings. Huxley knew the psychology of people. We relieve stress through hope. So crafty people, think tanks, are able to simulate false hope with dogma, the opiate of the masses. It's getting kind of technical here. You need hope and not the fake kind like the (laughs) whatever the two parties are that are rioting in the streets. It's not going to be Amazon's fourth industrial rebellion. Huxley knew about these Pavlonian experiments that were going on at the time. Soviet gulags successfully made soldiers choose to stay in jail. Like, um, they can break your will to live. That's what 1984 was about. Winston couldn't do math anymore because math is racist. He couldn't even say that he loved his girlfriend anymore because they made him love the state. You've heard of champagne socialism. So when you vote for AOC, she's inching us towards the realities are as her and Biden want. This is going to make every guy on Tinder love the state more than want to take you out on a date. Dostoevsky wrote about it. It fractures men. It turns you into the, the soy boy active man or the Chad underground man. <laughs> the archetypal characters literally don't change. <laughs> memes are timeless. And China, they're banning memes. Think about that. <laughs> Meme. M-E-M. The root word means idea. And so memory, idea from the past. Meme is a viral idea. And China's saying we are banning thought. I don't know why I went so far for that point. In Australia, they have thought crime now. I'm not really talking out of bounds here. This shit is more relevant than ever. And I could tie these points together with what Russia called the convenient idiot. Which is the state's biggest asset. You have to have the people who want to also trust the science. Not look into real holistic medicine. (laughs) Science is supposed to be about letting anybody try to prove you wrong. Censorship kind of sounds like the opposite to me. And so people that root for this censorship are the convenient idiots. And I am trying to get this word out of my vocabulary. Stupid. It's a lazy word. What does that even mean? I know some stupid people are unbreakable. They have the right ethics as well. Stupid? What does that even mean? Convenient idiot Huxley always talked about suggestibility. And he said in those Pavlonian experiments, they found that about 20% of the population is highly suggestible. You could uh, hypnotize them. You could get them to try gene therapy. <laughs> the opposite end of the bell curve is 20% of people that are basically unsuggestible. <laughs> so like if you just had a ton of these people, you might never be able to unite and allegedly send a rocket to the moon. But there would be a lot less war suggestibility. That's what they look for in cops and soldiers. I've like said this before. When I was in a tough spot transferring out of coffee shops and crap, I was like, <laughs> How do you not get a job at Staples, bro? I'm like, Obviously, I could work harder than this dunce who's stacking post it notes. Managers, rulers are looking for people who are suggestible, not competent. <laughs> it was Henry Ford who said, We don't need a nation of thinkers, we need a nation of workers. Suggestibility is like a make or break attribute and these people are the swinging ground of course that middle 60 percent is where the information war the marketplace of ideas takes place it's just bad to know that 20 percent of people will always lick the boot Prols and communists the aristocracy knows that so someone who is really good at this power of suggestion was hitler he put all of his country on stimulants and like the shock doctrine you got to wear people out to make them more suggestible an entire year being locked alone really interesting fact Hitler would only hold his rallies after dark you know people are you do a 6 o'clock open mic and people are still uptight from the work day at midnight mic (laughs) you get people to laugh with the armpit fart Suggestibility can make us laugh or walk willingly into chains. And he ended the chapter on more uh, confiscation of all contraband. Rebels shall be uncommunicated. Yeah, so you're going to love thy servitude. Aldous Huxley, can't suggest it more. 1984 can't hurt as well. Ended on a Frederick Douglass quote, When a slave becomes a happy slave he has effectively relinquished all that makes him human. Chapter 3. Socialist Literature. Propaganda! The Smith-Munt Act repealed by Obama in 2015. Now the U.S. government can use propaganda on the populace. Cited the French Revolution here of 1830. They reformed the clergy into the upper class, and everyone was happy about it. For 40 years until they realized, wait, the upper class is doing the same thing as the kings? No matter what you call it, the Brahmins they have in India, Saudi Arabia, you got princes. They all do the same thing. If you have a monopoly on arms and economic control, you could put tariffs on people. You will always use that to benefit yourself. You can't blame them. If you were born into the Biden family and you didn't get addicted to crack, you also would be setting up your family, rigging the game. So, like Kamala Harris, you smoke weed, your kids get out of jail, but you lock up everybody else in California. You know what I'm saying? It's just nepotism. Socialist literature, the real interesting part of the chapter, he says is not meant to empower the individual, but to fool the masses. Why? 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 Why would you buy into this? <laughs> Again, the nail that sticks out and gets a hit on the head. Dark quote. When the proletarian remembers they've been exploited, it's the bourgeoisie's job to rock them back to sleep before they come revolutionary. Every single person with a Che Gouvert t-shirt has never read the Communist Manifesto. <laughs> you have to be rocked back to sleep by your rulers. Okay, now you guys could go out until 11 p.m., how about i just have my freedom you're going straight to the butcher house that's one skittish chicken over here there's no such thing as freedom meant to fool the masses <laughs> your job is class divide um he blamed christianity for the lamb-like mentality that people remain while he is trying to brainwash people you can't blame christianity they donate more to poor people than the government churches are putting up more people Than shelters. It's friggin' disgusting how people blame religion as this... It's a self-help mechanism gone wrong. Marx is saying we have to get rid of religion. Take all of the hope away from people. The only hope you can have is the state. And you know they did this in Soviet Russia. He says the hardest... And of course, again, those communist kids don't read that so they don't understand what they're arguing for. Talk to an old babushka. If she could have left the Chernobyl radiation, she would have been out of there. He says the hardest challenge with such a gullible populace is deterring a petty bourgeoisie. Ugh, we don't want the underlings to be mad at us. We want them to love us, delete our YouTube dislikes. Things seriously do not change. The Mount Olympus, you have to be feared and loved. Just choose one or the other, you're a more effective leader. You can hear CNN anchors saying this. We need a carrot on a stick to deter the resistance. You've heard these points. They're saying, but what's going to motivate people to get the sh You don't have to motivate people to do anything. They have free will. But saying it's a free country is also xenophobic. (laughs) The news media is not there to make you informed. Does this sound a little bit like disorient the individual our news is socialist propaganda straight up that's a fucking equals sign. do it in the algebra equation I can't like if I walk into a room and the news is on I feel it penetrating my soul put the Hoffman glasses on no some people never develop the ability to see through the ads (laughs) Europeans you've adopted the ads I was born into the ads. Melded by them. Americans are the bane of advertisement and propaganda. I had a post go a little viral one time that said, he, Americans are to propaganda as a fish is to water. I think it was the other way around. Seriously, with this socialist literature and our swelling the state, like uh, kids that go to private school are better at getting through that stuff. Secondary education will not help if you go to these Marxist universities now the book that really I'm not going to say it but you got to start reading on your own and even if it is something outside of the box it just trains your critical thinking brain which is what this chapter is about untruths 2 plus 2 equals 5 Winston science means not questioning (laughs) people who experience this baloney detest it in every way David Foster Wallace said the most important realities are the ones that are often hardest to see and to talk about. They truly are the most important. We are continuing to set up a society where our leaders are tempted to abuse their power because the people are too easy to fool. We're 300 pounds out here. Start by empowering yourself. That's what the fourth chapter is about. He did get a little honest here at the end of chapter 3 saying communism, by a personal bias, was influenced by the German Philistines. Those were the guys who printed their own Bibles. Remember um, Martin Luther, the original ML? He got rid of the Constantine bullcrap that we still have today. How many times do you think the Bible has been rewritten to say, Hey, you're not allowed to eat bacon on this day. You have to buy it from my shop god hates fags these german philistines rewrote the bible they were cracked down on by the romans we could just say jesus guys stood up against uh, caesar augustus wanted the whole world to be taxed a carbon tax for the entire world history repeats you don't want this petty lower class Got to keep the spirits up. He said, Enervation of the lower class can get them to go along with mass slaughter under the guise of communism. What the heck? (laughs) He just blew his cover. Pol Pot, Mao. Mao Zedong probably has the highest kill count of any man ever. And Stalin topped Hitler. (laughs) We're doing the leaderboards right now. And Mussolini is a Republican. So just a little lead for you guys on what a democracy is all about and again for y'all in the comment section capitalism is not democracy let me drop this on you before i end chapter three i'm gonna go into this bigger question we're in act three of the book as well ask yourself are you allowed to impose your will onto others both of the flip-flop parties in america believe so Republicans are going to make keep a rape baby in your womb. And Democrats want to take my guns away. The Libertarian Party, taken out of the 2016 debates, which has been constricting the Overton window. We are getting stupider by the election cycle. Libertarians believe in the non-aggression principle. You are not allowed to impose your will on other people. This is a tenant... It's almost like this political party has morals. Voluntary action. <laughs> this is what America was founded on. You Mussolini support and Republicans, I want the Gadsden flag back. Don't tread on me. That's the real American ideal. Free markets are responsible for growth. That's what he talked about in Chapter 1, the bourgeoisie nation. It worked. So his idea was to hand it over to the elites just like we did. We grew the biggest, most unchecked system of checks and balances of a government you've ever seen. $10 trillion stimulus last year. You didn't get your little check. Thanking the government for your stimulus check is like thanking God after a surgery. Thank the bankers. <laughs> These Wall Street fucks. I'm saying markets enrich people. We can get rid of these overlords and still play Wall Street bets. These things are not intertwined. Com- do not listen to anybody who's trying to nudge you towards communism. The show has taught you anything. I'm not nudging you towards anything except for thinking for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Propaganda literature, the exact opposite. Final subset of the chapter he called utopian socialism. I won't spend time on it. We learned from Camus. Utopia is the proper balance of chaos and order. You gotta let the swingers say racial slurs if that's what gets them off. <laughs> you were going to sterilize society. That wasn't the best example. I'm saying, though, if we don't maintain this land of the free here, the libertarian influence on the world you're going to see a lot more of these IMF loans paying for them to lock us down. So let's go to chapter four, foreign relations. We're going to give a positive twist on this. It's a redemption round for Marx as well. I'll be a little bit lighter on him. He says, under no pretext shall the workers be disarmed. There's your equality. God made man, Samuel Colt made man equal. What did Mao Zedong do? 40 million kills. First thing, he took the guns away. How did a bunch of rice farmers beat imperialist, democratic America with guns? You can stand up to the biggest party on earth as long as you are armed. Oh, but they have tanks. We have spirit. They have AI. We have pipe bombs. (laughs) I am in no way inciting a riot. Americans conveniently forget... Washington's warning of the two-party system. I mentioned it before, man. <laughs> it just makes it easier to outsource your thinking. It's kind of weird when you think about it that way. <laughs> George Washington predated Karl Marx and warned about that guy. and We fell into the trap. Another redemptive point, he says, It's fair for the workers to use any weapon conceivable to reject the party. One of Marx's point that I didn't give enough light to was the point of an armed working class is that you can constantly overthrow the party if they're not representing your needs. Like they had those Greek systems, you could vote out the government every single year. Two-party system is worse than ideal communism, but as we learned, even in theory, communism doesn't work because you have to brainwash children out of understanding there's an I Medical tyranny, <laughs> all health is we-based. You are killing our grandma. What the fuck are you talking about? Where is she? You got a quantum grandmother? Pretty uh, balls deep of marks there. Any weapon conceivable to overthrow the tyrant. That medical point, man. The bystander effect. Let me throw some more Pavlov on you. It's at an all-time high. Oh, well, I'm a good person. I'm watching on the sidelines. What's the opposite of the bystander effect? The good Samaritan. You certainly ain't being that when you (laughs) go along with the narrative. Psychologically, humans fear the potential of outlying success more than the comfort of conformity. Mythologically, this bystander effect is called the Jonah Complex, if you want to get religious with it. Some dude hitting a fish... To avoid reaching his full potential and helping the townspeople. The archetype. (laughs) Let's scope it in as small as we can. The Heisenberg principle. Quantum grandma. Potential outweighs uncertainty. This bullshit is a simulation, man. If you are more confident than the potential outcomes, you can will the ball under the Baccarat Cup. Henry David Thoreau and Gandhi. They called it your duty to truth. Everybody has their part to play in the bigger picture. We got a whole lot of slackers when it comes to freedom. Like we started, Hunter S. Thompson, freedom isn't free. If you are willfully playing into the convenient idiot role, you are my enemy. And I will say an enemy that I'm willing to save. I literally am right here trying to re-educate you (laughs) from the socialist propaganda we were bought up with. Willful ignorance is the opposite of being a good Samaritan. Thoreau actually went to prison for not paying taxes for the Mexican-American War. (laughs) You're paying to bomb people. You're a good person though, right? Shit's beyond good and evil out here, people. The only truth is within that you can find. It's not in the Communist Manifesto. Trust me, I looked. Thomas Jefferson said, back to that Frederick Douglass quote I liked as well, most people prefer a comfortable enslavement to a risky freedom. Please do not drag me into your re-education camps, your friggin' medicine lines, I'll keep working out. I'm feeling pretty damn good. Tune over to the whip clips if you want to see these guns. Don't forgo your uniqueness for safety. It's the only thing you have. You want to be that happy slave? (laughs) Abraham Maslow. He used to ask at the end of his lectures, watch these videos. It's pretty powerful. Kind of cringe. But he would go, who in this room, which one of you are going to achieve greatness? And of course... Everybody squirms, sinks down in their seat, gets uncomfortable. What If you raise your hand, you have delusions of grandeur. Like the DSM says, that was invented 50 years ago. Good thing you can marry your cousin, but you can't smoke weed for depression. Maslow would go, none of you, none of you are going to achieve greatness. If not you, then who else? Somebody has to take a stand. And I'm not just saying me, somebody on a mic, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm saying maybe all of us stop paying taxes if the message gets out there. My point is, your kids, their kids, and 10 generations from now, when they're in their pod getting gruel delivered to them by the Amazon drone, are going to say there was a point that this could have stopped. There was a point that we could have had a sovereign way to live There was a way out. Like, even our age currently, I'm kind of mad at our ancestors for getting cucked by the home mortgages. I can't homestead land. The wench is tightening, generation by generation. The kids in the 60s took a stand and the wave almost crested. Freedom isn't free. The Americans have been the beacon for the rest of the world, have been fighting it tooth and nail. Civil war, civil rights... 90s summer of riots. We are castrated. Testosterone is at an all-time low. Empower yourself. Don't rely on people who don't care about you. America runs on confidence, which is the middle ground of arrogance and humility. Confidence comes from self-reliance and knowing your place. you got to educate yourself on all aspects, psychological, political, philosophical, historical and you're going to start watching all these things fall into place Karl Marx gives some credit with a good quote at the end the proletarians have nothing to lose but their chains they have a world to win working men of all countries unite comrades that is the communist manifesto share this episode with a friend like and subscribe Karl Marx, I'll give you some time to recover. We might have to smack him around in Das Kapital. It's kind of a fun addition. Didn't think I could destroy an ideology. (laughs) It's going to be a battle in the comments as well. But controversy gets clicks. And next week, as I'm saying, we got an ode to capitalism. That is right. We have Donald Trump's The Art of the Deal. We're talking about big deals. Deals on my art form. It's going to be a Patreon exclusive. Because <laughs> Facebook banned his voice, and so i got to make sure my impression just there isn't too good. Otherwise, I might get friggin' mollywopped by the censors. So it's a Patreon exclusive. We're getting into the history of 1980s Atlantic City. The game of real estate. He got involved with the mob. It's a really interesting story. CNN, before they went woke, said that he was the definition of the American dream. So we're going to try to keep that alive next week. Out of the deal. That was the Kami Manifesto. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you guys for tuning in. Check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash The Niche. You're getting a in-person video or book every single month the niche on youtube search it on instagram that is all my name is nick Munez. see you in a week peace